we live in an unimaginably digital space. It, it's really easy actually for us YouTubers to get really caught up in everything being online. Like I know for me personally and my brand and my business, I am constantly like, how can we streamline this? How can we put this online? I never want to see a piece of paper or a physical product ever again. But what if everything that you did for your digital business involved a physical analog product? We're going to dive into that today. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the episode of the Women of YouTube Podcast. I am super pumped once again to be joining you on this December 1st, at least when this aired is December 1st, and it's a big deal. Why? Because two reasons. We are 31 days away from the end of the dumpster fire that is 2020. And while a lot of us online might have been having a really good time, there are still, I don't think any of us got out unscathed without something truly terrible happening in this year. And like, I'm just not, I'm, I'm ready to live, learn, and like let this year go and move on to the next series of awesome things that are going to be happening. And two, today's the start of Vlogmas, y'all. Vlogmas, for those of you who don't know, is when you do a video every single day on your YouTube channel in December from the 1st of December through the 25th. And I personally am also participating in this super fun online YouTube event. And I would love it if you checked it out. We have a whole like stream of sharing on the Women of YouTube Facebook group. You can find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Women of YouTube. And you can see what awesome vlogs are going up for the day. You can um, find new videos to watch, new channels to support, and of course share which you have going on as well, even if you might not be contributing to Vlogmas. No big deal if you aren't. But it's going to be so much fun. I'm super pumped about it. And as a bonus, bonus ladies, bonus, women of YouTube, YouTube channel goes up this week. That's right. We are finally taking the awesome video clips and the sound bites and the lessons that we learn in these weekly episodes and putting them up on YouTube so that you can really like dive into these detailed, important points. We are taking out a lot of the extra stuff, like the, the extra stories and stuff, and really getting into the nitty gritty of what you can do to create better content, how you can grow your channel, make money, and accomplish the things that you are wanting to with your YouTube channel through your YouTube channel, from these awesome women who are creating content in every niche, nook and cranny that the internet and the world has to offer. So you definitely want to make sure that you check that out at Women of YouTube Podcast over on the YouTubes. All right, so today I'm talking with Julie. Julie is a fellow military spouse who has a whole channel dedicated to planners. That's right, planners, those paper things on spiral notebooks that you write things out Everyone has a mission. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a mantra. And it's all about like organizing that life and finding the right planner for you. And she does an awesome job. She has a lot of fun promoting what she has going on over on Instagram. Um, she just does a great job of talking about what her channel's about and what she's learned from being consistent and, and having a plan and why it's so important for everything that she does. And she also really touches on something that I love, which is finding a way to be unique in a popular niche. Like it's really easy. Like for example, I'm a social media channel. It's really hard to and easy to get lost and hard to stand out. And so she gives some really great tips on like what you can do to stand out if you're in a popular niche 
we go into so many awesome things like trends and all that good stuff. And I think that this is the perfect podcast to start December with because while we are frantically trying to to vlog and wrap up business for the year and buy things and support families and do our traditions and stay warm and all of the things, it's really important for keep our eye on the prize for what do we have planned for the upcoming year? What are we going to do to continue to grow and prosper and correct and learn in our businesses and as per, as people, as women, as brands heading into 2021? So without further ado, let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. Julie, I am really excited that I get to talk to a fellow (laughs) military spouse. Like I don't get to talk to many YouTube and military spouses. Usually they're super busy with their lives. So I'm super pumped to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Why YouTube? Um, Honestly, for me, it just happened by accident. There was... um, as you may or may not know, or those who are listening may not know, I'm part of the planner community. And there was an issue where I needed to fix a planner. And I was like, how do I show people how to fix this? Like the only way I know how is to maybe upload something to YouTube. And I literally just pulled out my phone and it was like a two minute video. And I was like, this is where you guys can find it. I didn't know where else to share it publicly. And it just kind of happened from there. I just wanted to help people and show them how to fix something. Um, and it just grew from there. Um, I wasn't very consistent in the beginning because I was like, uh, do people really do this for a living? <laughs> and I would yes, post yes, we here do. and We're there. <laughs> yeah. And I would just kind of post here and there as I felt inspired to do so or whenever I felt I wanted to share something. And when I say here and there, I mean like every six months. <laughs> it was awful. Um, so yeah, it, it just, and it changed from there. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, obviously since you talked about planners, so tell us what you talk about on your YouTube channel. So, uh, my main, um, I guess you could say my community that I speak to is the planner community. So we are paper planners, which I know is kind of strange in this age where everything is so digital and on computers and laptops and iPads and all of this stuff, but we plan on paper primarily. There are digital planners as well, but we um, love our paper planners, like our old fashioned, you know, like notebook, pen to paper. We get super creative with stickers and washi tape and it just, it's a whole community. And that is the community that I serve and I love being a part of. Um, I share how I use my planner, um, creative ways to, you know, stay organized and stay motivated. And yeah, I just, I love it. (laughs) So does that mean like you've made your own planner or are you just showing people like how to use it better? I wish I had my own planner, but I use other companies' planners and okay. I share um, I do, I share different types of planners, product reviews, things like that, and show people how to use them or um, just different ways to use them in ways that could help them. Awesome. Okay. So 
Um, talk to us about what your journey on YouTube has been like. What have been some of your biggest struggles? Have you overcome them? Uh, how have you been able yeah. to find the success that you have today? Like dig into <laughs> that journey for us. So when I first started um, my YouTube journey, like I said before, it was kind of by accident. And then when YouTube changed, it's like terms and conditions as far as like, you know, how many subscribers or watch minutes you had to have, all that stuff. I was one of those people that was on the verge of losing my partnership with YouTube. And I honestly didn't know how to save it because I didn't have a plan. I wasn't regularly uploading. And um, I had some friends in the community who were regularly uploading and they were like, you need to like <laughs> upload some videos and we'll share them. And the community just came together and rallied around creators within the planning community that wanted to stay active with their partnership with YouTube. And I thought, after I made it over that hump and I didn't lose my partnership, I was like, I can't let people down. Everyone came through for me. Um, and I, I was like, well, maybe I'll just start with like one every other week or a video once a month instead of every six months. And I found that the more I did it and the more regular I was with it, the more I enjoyed it. And it and honestly, the more seriously I took it, it literally has become my job. Um, and I absolutely love it. And it's so weird when I have to share, oh, I'm not getting a video up this week. I'm like, I feel like I just called out of work, <laughs> you know? And um, I, it's, it's a big part of my life so much so that I enjoy it. It's really not, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I've been able to turn this hobby that I love into just a dream come true because um, I get to truly share what I love doing and um, also generate income, which is always a plus. <laughs> yeah. Can't, you yeah. can't hate on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay, yeah. so you've mentioned money. So tell us, how have you been able to make a business with YouTube? So a lot of it is through, and it's so funny because before we um, got on here today, I was watching, um, I think Catherine Manning's latest video and it was about affiliate marketing and I love affiliate marketing. Like I'm one of those people that's like, yes, it is such a great way to earn an income through YouTube. So, um, I obviously earn an income through YouTube by people watching the videos and, and seeing the ads in my videos. Um, but I also, I'm able to generate an income through the links that I share with friends and followers and things like that on my videos. And it just, it just adds up and it's great. And it, it was extremely helpful as many people are still staying home, you know, longer periods of time than ever. Um, and people are watching more and more YouTube. Um, it's been extremely helpful because we had someone in our immediate family that lost their jobs and it came in handy. And I was so extremely thankful that I stuck with this journey because it, it truly is an extra income for our family. I do work a full-time job outside of YouTube. So um, I'm just extremely thankful for all of the opportunities it's provided. So being a YouTuber comes with some complications, like as we can all expect. So what have been some, um, you know, lady specific or YouTuber specific issues that just make you go, ugh, no, please. No. <laughs> um, a lot of it is probably more of like the tech stuff, like behind the scenes. I am not an extremely like tech savvy person. <laughs> um, I, I try to I reference a lot of other YouTubers that provide that sort of education on YouTube, like, please help me. <laughs> you know? um, I wish that there was a, I, a lot of it is like the editing part of it and stuff like that. I feel like once I've mastered one thing, there's this new trend out there and I'm just like, oh man, I can't keep up. But 
um, a lot of it for me is the tech stuff and, and maybe just some of the competitiveness, but I think that's in any field that you're in. But I think that as long as you're a part of a community that is truly very supportive and collaborative, I think that that's how you can continue to grow and it won't be quite as stressful. I can hear that. Like one of the things that I love about the YouTube community is like how we're all like in this together. We're all like supporting yeah. each other and trying to help lift each other up. And we like go to bat when like people are being attacked or ridiculed or yes. any other like really like dumb but female specific issues that like we run into. And I think that there can be just a lot of like struggle and stuff. And I love that no matter like what you do on YouTube, like whether like you're a planner or you're a beauty blogger or you're a resource channel or anything mm -hmm. like that, like your audience comes to bat for you. They do. Uh, and I they think really that do. is like, what's the coolest, like these people I've never met are like <laughs> yeah. team, team me. Right. And so it's just yeah. really great to have those people to turn to. Definitely. So what has been the coolest thing that's happened to you from becoming a YouTuber? Wow. Uh, there's been quite a lot. And a lot of it for me has been getting to work with brands that I could only dream of. Um, most recently I was able to collaborate with Michael's, um, the craft store. <laughs> um, and that was really, really cool. Um, and a lot of times you'll see some marketing in different office supply stores that might have my handwriting. <laughs> so that's, um, that's been one of the coolest things because I, I almost feel like I nerd out a little bit on this stuff, but in, I think in the planning community, that's just how we are. Like it, uh, all it takes is a really cool gel pen and we all get super excited. <laughs> I guess so, if you see yeah. like, Oh, I'm really excited about this new feature. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. So now your channel doesn't have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers and you've been able to work like you yeah. worked with Michael's this really big brand. Yeah. What is it yeah. about your content that you think allowed for that to happen? I think what it is, is that it's, relatable. Um, as you've mentioned before, I'm a military spouse. My husband's retired from the military after 22 years of service. And I try to stay as genuine as I possibly can without, you know, kind of violating any of my old personal boundaries. But I try to share as much as I can about, you know, real life, not just sharing like the surface stuff that people like to show on social media where everything is pretty and perfect all the time. Um, I think it's important that you connect with your audience. And I think that that's what I've been able to do is even though my community is small on YouTube, um, they're there. I have people that I recognize, you know, on a first name basis that show up for every video comment on every single thing. Like we are friends and, um, we just know that we're going to see each other on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at seven 30 in the morning. <laughs> So, um, and I think that's another thing too, is that even though my channel is fairly small, I have really made it, um, one of my biggest things to post consistently. And it's, it's a lot for some people, but I do post three videos every single week at the same exact time. <laughs> hey, I hear you. I try, I, I don't do maybe the exact time. I'm always testing different times based on like what yeah. the algorithms and stuff are saying. But I love, yeah. like I said, I think that's where a lot of like YouTube success can really happen is like, you know, you can, like you can rely on this person to show up and be there yes. every single time. They think that that's like truly vital to the success mm -hmm. of 
of YouTube and, and for people to have it, like, it's almost like I always, I think a lot of us use that example, like remember good old fashioned, like TGIF, like you could only watch yes. those shows if you showed up at those times. Yeah. It's very much the same thing. Especially once you get into that, like rabid fan phase where like, like <laughs> yes, I'm waiting and ready to do this three times a week. Right. right. So yes. what is next for you with your business? Like, do you think you'll make a planner? Do you think you're going to have some exclusive line of something? Like, where do you want to go next? I, I wish that would be a dream come true for me would be to um, somehow uh, work with a manufacturer and come up with my own planner. But um, there's so many out there. <laughs> and I know that a lot of people say that about YouTube too. Like, should I start YouTube? There's so many other YouTubes, YouTubers out there. But um, I, I honestly wish that I could say that I knew. Um, I am one of those people that as much as I like to plan, obviously based on my channel, <laughs> There are things that I know I benefit from just taking it uh, one video at a time. Um, and I think that that's kind of what's helped keep me a little bit more grounded is that um, at, the, at the end of it all, I still have a family and a full-time job. And I, I hope to continue to grow this and that it grows into something much bigger where I do have my own brand and my own line of products at some point. But right now I'm enjoying where I'm at and how I'm moving forward at the pace that I'm moving forward. I hope that made sense, but <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah. So, um, on the subject of where you went, so talk to us about your revenue streams. How are you making money? I know a lot of people think that they get into, we get into the YouTube business for the AdSense, Yikes. but there's <laughs> definitely a lot more to it. So what, how have you been able to find uh, financial success with YouTube, um, besides YouTube AdSense? Um, well, just the, from outside of at YouTube AdSense, sorry, I'm getting all kinds of tongue tied. Um, definitely through affiliate marketing, like share a sale. Um, that has been a huge help and resource for me. And then other brands, they don't necessarily use share a sale, but they do have some sort of affiliate tracking um, software that they use. And so I'll work with brands and just, it's obviously paid out separately than share a sale, but it still pays and, um, and those, those add up. And I think people sometimes lose sight of that. They just focus on share a sale and one thing. But, um, I, one of the things that I love to get involved in is like the whole like to know it kind of thing. For some reason, I'm really overwhelmed by that and I haven't branched out into it. But, um, a lot of it too is, um, being sent products. A lot of people are like, well, products don't pay for anything. And I'm like, well, that's true. But talking about it sure does. <laughs> So, um, and I think that sometimes people will lose sight of that as well. Um, another thing that I have also added to my um, revenue stream is actually consulting. And a lot of brands have started to reach out with just wanting um, consulting with regards to affiliate marketing. They have questions and they just want to know how they can better serve their affiliates and what, what's working and what's not working. Because I think that what you're seeing a lot right now is a lot of affiliates are speaking up about the pros and cons of working with some brands and what they want more of, and they're listening and they want to hear from those people that actively participate in affiliate marketing and are successful. So that's, those are a few things. <laughs> be really like, smart for companies directly because I know that we there's a mm -hmm. lot of people always talk about Amazon affiliates, but Amazon affiliates yeah. gotten kind of that's another one I watered <laughs> down over the years. It is very watered down, yeah. Um, but I also feel like 
we creators are essentially gigantic advertising tools for any mm-hmm. brand. Like if we yes. love something or if we hate something or we want to use something, we want to show other people how to use it. Like if like you could save yourself so much advertising dollars, like whether yes. it's like big brands, like no more commercials and your Facebook ad budget and all that kind of stuff. If you were just like, okay, Julie, how, how can I compensate you more? What affiliate right. can I give you more of to create this video that is essentially like your trusted community saying, well, mm-hmm. if Julie says I'm going to do it, I obviously have to do it. Be rather than just Michael's being like, look, we're awesome. Look, we're awesome. Please be <laughs> exactly. from us exactly. here. Have some coupons. Right. Um, but, right. but right. I think that that would be such a smart thing for brands. It's always going to think be better. I know that influencer marketing has gotten a really bad rap over the years, but I think when it's done correctly and not in this like Mm -hmm. product forced product placement kind of way, it works so much better because I feel like we're evolving into this era of like commercials just like, aren't going to be doing it for us. We Mm want to hear from people who are using it. We want to know what to do with it. Cause like I know before when I went into stores, when I would go to places like Michael's or Joanne Fabrics and stuff, there's all this stuff everywhere. And it's like, cool. What do I do with it? Like, this is great. Now what? Like, I'm like, I'm crafty. Not (laughs) really. Like, it's just like, I've got time to do this. Right. No, I don't. (laughs) So it's like one of those things. It's like how, like, there's just such a better thing when someone's making stuff with your product and doing so. I had a really um, similar experience with StreamYard, which has nothing to do with crafts, obviously. Uh, <laughs> StreamYard is my favorite live streaming tool and it's super easy to use. And one of the reasons I switched to it from what I was using before was because I wanted to do custom overlays. I wanted to have beautiful graphics for my live streams and all these other places didn't offer it or it was super hard to do like with OBX or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, I'm not about that complicated life. And so when I did this live stream with women of YouTube, this, uh, that started the, the panel, we did with two that started this podcast. I did all these really great graphics for StreamYard and Gage, the, one of the CEOs and founders watched the live stream. And he was like, he, he literally messaged me. He's like, are you sure you use StreamYard? Because I didn't <laughs> know you could do what you did with, wow. with, with my tool. And so right. it's that idea. It's like, Michael's might think that they know what they want you to do, but mm-hmm. it's the people who are real creatives that can see something and make it truly yeah. unique and their own. That's going to be more enticing to do. It's kind of like when we were kids, like we'll always mm-hmm. listen to our friends. We would never listen to our moms. Exactly. I I was one of those people um, when we were actually stationed in Germany, I was like, I want to be a scrapbooker. Like, I I know I can do this. I'm going to print out all these pictures. I'm going to make all these beautiful things. And it never happened. There was no inspiration. You know, there was no YouTube at the time. And um, I just didn't know what to do with all of these things. And they just sat around and eventually ended up in the trash. And now it's like you actually have people that are teaching you and creating these communities online where people with, you know, within the same interests can learn from one another. And I think it's great. I think that's one of my favorite things about YouTube. And whenever I don't know anything, that, that's where I go. <laughs> you know? So Okay. So then I would like to pivot our conversation into the details of your YouTube channel. So you just mentioned that you turn to YouTube to get inspired and do things. But at some point, 
you like I, how does search play in? how do keywords play in like so much of the YouTube education space is talking about like you have to have the right keywords you have to be following trends you have to be found in search all these things how do you now I know how to do that with things like with resource-based things like how to fix Facebook problems how to go live with streamer and I think a lot of us have but when you get into something I feel like it's creative crafty vloggy that kind of a thing how do you get your stuff found like what is it that's different that you have to do um i think that you have to definitely use language that your community is familiar with so when i'm planning out my week someone from outside of the planning community might search how to plan but those that are in the planning community know that if you want to see me plan you need to search plan with me that's pretty much how we all, you know, label and title and tag our videos are a plan with me. And for the most part, my community knows that my plan with me is go up every Monday at 730. Um, and so that's, I think that that's what's really important is to understand the language that your community uses, but to also keep in the back of your mind um, what someone outside of the community might be looking for. It was funny earlier today, um, I actually think I was watching one of the Think Media videos and it was talking about how how-to videos were, you know, one of the videos that you really need to be making regularly. And I was like, you know what I haven't made was a how-to plan video. It seems like the most basic thing ever. But there aren't a lot of those out there, you know, it's everyone's already planning, but from someone who wants to get started planning, um, how do you do that? And I, it, it's like one thing came after another when I started making that list and now I have like a list of 10 other videos I need to work on. Nice. But um, I think it's important to remember not just your community that's already watching you, but the ones that are completely outside of the community. I, I will listen to like my kids, I have older children, so. Um, my kids are 21 and 18, <laughs> but um, sometimes I'll hear how they reference something that I'm using and I'm like, that's exactly how someone outside of the community would be looking for something inside of my community. So I think it's important to keep using both types of language so that your community obviously knows to trust you <laughs> because you're not calling it a look at my planner video. It's a how to uh, plan with me video. So I really think one of the key things with keywords and how to be found is to be searchable within your community and outside of your community. So which one should you do first? I think you should definitely cater to your community because those are the ones that have already, you've already built trust with for the most part. Um, everyone else might come from the outside trickling in, but um, if you've are like for me, I have like eight, just over 18,000 subscribers or almost 19,000. I don't know. We're close to 19. <laughs> Um, I cater to the people that already follow me and that are familiar with the planning community. But like I said, I was building that how-to list today because I also want to start um, attracting more new followers and new subscribers um, who might be trying to figure out how to organize and plan their life. And if they jump into a video that I made this week and obviously I've been planning for years and years, it's going to be extremely overwhelming for them. So. I might have just realized that I need to start a how to plan series. <laughs> and I think that when, and I think that that's the right time. Like, I think, I think it's such mm -hmm. a great point. Start with people who are already interested in your mm -hmm. content that understand your lingo and then figure out how to bring in those other people because mm -hmm. you're about to make this series. That's like how to plan. And I mm -hmm. bet that while your, exi your existing audience might watch it, just to see like the new ways to do it. And it's a perfect time to do it, exactly. by the way, because we're 
when this goes live, we'll be about to head into the new year. You know, yes. So go to her channel because it's probably up right now. Um, but um, it's one of those things that's like, you'll have that proof in your pudding. Your quality is so mm -hmm. much better. You've really figured out your editing and your flow. You're going to have the proof of like, oh, 18,000 subscribers. Oh yeah. Like I can, I can really yeah. trust her. And like, <laughs> while we try not to put too much stock in vanity metrics, a lot of other people do. And right. so it's one of those things like it's not, it doesn't hurt definitely. Um, and so I think that that is fantastic advice. I really yeah. do. <laughs> so, did, so the question I'm going to have, cause when this video came out, like the, I, the iOS 14 came out, did you mm -hmm. do like how to like plan out your iPhone or are you just, no, because I them? was the one who was looking for those videos <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was, it, it's so, oh my God, I'm so glad you brought this up because my husband came home yesterday and I said, this iOS 14 has only went out since like what, Saturday or Sunday? And I said, I'm looking, and this was how we got into the how-to videos. We were talking about it. And I said, this just came out this past weekend and these kids, <laughs> younger, you know, that's pretty much everyone younger than me on, on YouTube, um, are doing these really quick, like how to customize your phone. And I'm like, look at these views. This is insanity. And we started talking about the how-to um, parts of it. And I was like, this is why the how-to videos is so important because people like me truly depend on them. They, they really do. It so. really brings people in. Like that's how my channel has been built. It's a lot yeah. of how-tos and it's a lot of yeah. problem solving, solving problems where people will probably never come back. Like how to use... Um, exactly. Facebook marketplace. Like once you know, right. you know, but like, you know, we'll still get, they'll still probably get things like, Oh, how to, or like the new Facebook interface is out. I did a walkthrough of it and people, I literally, mm -hmm. everybody, call my comments say, but it's just like, <laughs> they'll, like they probably have inserted those videos and stuff, but the, my diehards will always come back. Cause they're like, Oh, I, Oh, I'm paid for Facebook marketplace. Oh, how do you say Facebook marketplace on my mm -hmm. business? Oh, that's totally different. Like, and right. so those are, it's really feeding both like both beasts at the same time. But I like the mm -hmm. idea of like, hey, what's the one you start with? And I think right. when you're doing something that isn't resource-based or education-based, but more like a, like a, a niche community, a niche culture, mm -hmm. knowing the lingo of the community and starting there and talking to those people, that's what's going to help you build. And I think that's wonderful advice that we haven't had on this podcast before. So <laughs> high five. Right. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk some more about YouTube stuff. So what are some of the tools that you're using to make your videos? Um, like how are you filming, editing, give us those details. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so, um, I started off about the first year and a half, just filming on my phone. Um, it was easy. Um, and it's all I had. <laughs> okay. And then when I realized I didn't like always having my phone on airplane mode because I would forget to take it off of airplane mode and miss my family calling and work texts and things like that. Um, I got a camera and I currently film with the Canon G7X, like the YouTube camera that everybody has. <laughs> I, I and have the Canon M50. I have the Canon M50. That's that the one is has. on my Christmas list. I mean, oh. if it were up to me, it'd be on my anniversary list, which is in November. So it'd be great. <laughs> but that is definitely on my, I've watched so many videos on that camera. I'm like, that is the one. Um, I'm currently in between switching from, for my editing software from iMovie, like good old basic iMovie because it was free and it was super easy, but I am like ready to step it up. And I just 
purchased, why can I not remember the name of this software? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, it's something pro. I don't know why I can't the remember. Final Cut Pro? Yes. <laughs> I just purchased it last night. I told my husband, I said, okay, so we need to pick Final Cut Pro or the camera. And he was like, what? <laughs> So um, we went with Final Cut Pro and I downloaded it and was instantly like, back on YouTube, I go because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and lots of videos were very, very handy um, because for some reason I thought it'd be a great idea to edit last night on my brand new Final Cut Pro, today's video that went up at 7.30 this morning. <laughs> um, I mean, so. not like my favorite idea, but no, I mean, you not, did it, you did I mean, it. Yes, I did do it. I was like, there's definitely a learning curve with Final Cut Pro, but I'm here for it because I'm so excited. It was something that I actually wanted last year and I just felt, okay, that's a little bit too much for me, but now I feel like I'm ready. Um, so yeah, I, that's what I'm using is um, the Canon G7X, sometimes iMovie, now Final Cut Pro. <laughs> Um, and then for me, because I do a lot of top-down filming, um, because I'm filming a lot of stationery, um, I actually use a mount called the Akron mount. It's actually marketed for people who do nails and baking and that type of stuff where most of their videos are top-down. And I found this thing like over two years ago, and I was like, I can't find a single tripod that works for those of us who craft. We need, we need the legs of our tripod completely out of the way. Um, and this thing is absolutely amazing. I love it. I don't want any other tripod. <laughs> I guess it's not really a tripod. There's no like three it's legs. It's like a to mount, it, right? Like it mounts. It's, yeah. It's literally on like a square metal base and it just has an arm that goes up and arches over and you can, it's really, really adjustable, but it is great if you're filming um, top down videos. It is just it's perfect. Well, if anybody no wants to check way. that out, we'll put it in the show notes over at womenofyoutube.com yes. with this episode. Cause that sounds, yes, it's, it's perfect. perfect. Sounds important. Yes. So yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I always run into the issue with cameras. I might actually need to get one of those for my desk. Cause I film in my corner. Like this is like mm -hmm. my, like my office is in my bedroom because my bedroom mm -hmm. is really big for some random reason. Like, I know like <laughs> first world problems to the next, right. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll just have this little corner and like, I'm yeah. planning like the future of what I'm going to do in this little corner here. But I want to be able to have multiple shot options and I want to be able yeah. to sit at my desk like this yeah. and record a video, but with my fancy schmancy yeah. camera yeah. and I can't do it because my tripod legs and all this kind of stuff is in the way. <laughs> so that might be my like clamp on because I have the clamp for my mic mm -hmm. on the other side of my desk. I might have to get this clamp thing that you're talking about or so yes. that I can like just point it at myself and be like, hi world. Easy to. And it's perfect because it comes with a phone holder or a regular camera holder. So I, that's what I was using was that mount and my phone for like the first year and a half on my channel. And it nice. is perfect. <laughs> See so many great tools. This is the first time again, we've heard of this <laughs> on the, on the podcast. So way to go. All right. Yay. So since I'm sure you're doing a lot of searching and spending a lot of time on the YouTube, especially in craft, which I feel is probably a little bit more female heavy. Who are some yes. of your favorite female creators? Oh, there. Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many. Um, I am friends, like really good friends with a lot of people who also create on YouTube and they inspire me so much. And 
Uh, one of them is my really good friend, Lakin. Um, you can find her over at Plan with Lakin. Um, also a planner, obviously. <laughs> but um, her um, content is more geared, not just to planning, but with goal setting and things like that. I love watching her stuff. Um, another friend of mine is Jen Ross, and she can be found over at Pretty Neat Living, um, but she doesn't just do planning content. She does a lot of, you know, cooking and home and just real life stuff, and it's really, really great. Um, and then a lot of what I watch, because personally, as someone who creates a lot of planning type content, I don't like to consume too much of the content that I create, if that makes sense. <laughs> Um, I actually like watching things that are completely like unrelated, <laughs> nothing to do with my content. I love watching like cleaning videos. It's really weird. <laughs> um, and they don't inspire me to clean at all. It's <laughs> watching but, um, is the same as cleaning, right? <laughs> same. It's the exact same. It is the exact same. So that's actually pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes. It's really funny to me. No, I hear you because yeah. I, I get sucked into like, it'd be, it'd be so easy to just watch like Catherine Manning and Annie Dubay and yes. Meredith Marsh and Sunny all day long. And then just like, I love so like I just yeah. need to create constantly and then also yes. be like, why am I not awesome yet? You know, cause they're, yeah. they're who I aspire to. Um, right. also they've been guests except for Sunny. I gotta get her on here. Um, but, um, <laughs> I like watching things that are totally like I'm one of my favorite channels and I've been yeah. watching it for a long time is the super Carlin brothers, obviously oh. not women, but they do like <laughs> fan theory videos. It's all like Pixar theory and gotcha. Disney and, and star Wars and Marvel. And then they deep dive into things and talk about things that's super theoretical. And I'm like, that's so this cool. is great for my nerd brain. Like, let's <laughs> go watch this for it. Ooh, Harry Potter and this, I'm going to go watch that immediately because it has nothing to do with my work. So right. <laughs> hard, yeah, hard. <laughs> so what do you think is one of the most important things anyone who's getting started with YouTube should be doing? Um, they should really film videos that interest them. Okay. Um, I think that it's, if you're making content and it doesn't interest you at all, your audience is going to know it. Um, and I think that that's one of the really cool things about videos. You can only fake it for so long. <laughs> um, but your audience does know when you don't like something or when you're just not enjoying yourself filming a video. And um, I, I think it's important to really film the things that you're passionate about or that also interest you. I know it, it can seem tempting to make content that doesn't interest you because it's popular, but I don't think that your audience is going to appreciate it and they're going to see right through you. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to this podcast the other day and they were talking about YouTube and they said, you know, YouTube doesn't really want you to create. They want you to find what works based on their algorithm and then just like make three of it a day or a week and just yeah. like lean into hard. Like they don't really care what you want to do or right. rather I should say the algorithm doesn't care right. what you want to do or what you want to create. Right. So it can get really mind numbing. I know I'm dealing with that right with myself right now because I'm like in the midst of launching my membership and doing all these different things, and it has absolutely nothing to do with Streamyard. But <laughs> Streamyard is apparently what YouTube wants me to make. Endlessly. Right. Right. So I mean, that's interesting in itself for sure. <laughs> but I love that advice, and I think that it's really important to remember: like, you need to make stuff for yourself to keep mm -hmm. you interested in it, because then it just becomes a cubicle job. Like if you wanted to, if we yeah. all wanted a cubicle job, we would not be on YouTube. Right. <laughs> like for people that do yeah. have cubicle jobs and love them, 
great. Like you're doing what you love, but we know you're out there. (laughs) Yeah. We know you're out there. My dad is one of them. Like my dad of all people, like Desiree, you're a super free spirited creative. Like tell us about your parents. Like my dad's a government worker. They'd be like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I know. Um, I'm I'm a government worker. He loves his cubicle and his isolation yeah. and his people. And I'm like that, if that's what makes you happy dad, you know, do it lean in hard. But exactly. for, the, uh, for others of us, like who look at YouTube, like a job and they want to make YouTube a job, you have to yes. keep it fresh for yourself. Always mm-hmm. be trying to make your videos better. Even if you are making algorithm specific videos and you have to make stuff that is for you knowing that it can yeah. completely and utterly tank on YouTube, but you made something you wanted to, and that was fun that you enjoyed. Exactly. And I think that that is, that is totally what you need to be doing on the tubes guys. Totally. <laughs> what do you think is an overlooked detail though, that new YouTubers and, and even just YouTubers in general make, um, that you think that they need to like lean out of? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> um, I don't, wow. I don't know. We ask the hard hitting uh, questions here. Yeah. That, that's a hard okay. one. Um, I, I think, maybe as far as like when you're creating content is like, for me, it didn't start with three videos a week. I think that you can burn yourself out really quickly. If you are trying to immediately jump in and like, I can post three videos a week. It, I don't know anyone who's been able to jump into YouTube like that instantly starting off that way. Um, and for those who have, that's fantastic. But I think that you should go into it slowly and figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I think that if you're jumping into YouTube thinking that you're going to be famous in one day, um, it's not going to happen. It it truly is like that cliche saying, you know, it's a marathon, you know, you have to be in it for the long haul, you know, for as long as YouTube is around, if this is what you want to do, then you have to really be in it for the times when your videos don't do so great or, you know, really be willing to put in the work to figure out why it is that the video didn't do great. What is it that you needed to change? You know, was it my mood that day? My vibe that I was giving off in a video was the you know, the topic completely like way left field for my audience. Sometimes you have to be really willing to look at what it is that you're putting out and maybe it's not so great for your audience. Like I just said, you know, put out content that you love, but if you're also wanting to generate income, you also have to put out content that others love to watch. So sometimes you have to be really real with yourself when you're putting out content, like how much can you do? How much can you give where you're actually putting out quality content and not just pushing it out to say, I put out three videos a week. Um, but to actually say that what I put out was work that I would even enjoy watching. Yeah. And I, that's when I had to like change, like for me, it's changing of how I spoke for me. It was Mm -hmm. like, I was a little bit more rigid, a lot less like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. get your life together. Like (laughs) the sass came out, uh, for being real for a minute. Um, always, always real. Um, and I think that that's like where it really can help you shine. So I think that's fantastic advice to make stuff you would want to watch. Like I remember was in some Facebook group and they were like, um, I know that the video, like they were talking about retention and like, mm-hmm. if you watch your own video and you want to peace out, you probably, your audience member will probably want to peace out too. So yeah, keep it that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So do you think that there's still room on YouTube for new creators? Absolutely. Uh, Without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, 
and I get asked that a lot by specifically women within the planning community that are like, I want to do what you're doing, but I feel like I would just be replicating what you're doing. And I was like, that's not possible. You're not. <laughs> um, and that's not saying that I'm doing something incredibly miraculous, but I, it's my voice, my camera, my handwriting, my planning style. And I, I've told this to other creators in our community, we could be using the same exact planner, the same exact everything and it will still be a different video. Um, so that's why I feel like there's room for every single person that wants to do this. Awesome. How can people find you on the YouTubes? I am at Julie's Plans. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, sharing your creative genius with us. I am so grateful and appreciative of you. Remember, you are impossibly amazing. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.